Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Amaze on Stream. This week, I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Kevin Sanderson. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Melissa. I am so excited to dive right in because what I love to do, as many know now by this time on the Amaze on Stream podcast, is learn a little bit more about the humans who are behind the services and the podcasts that they sometimes see, listen to, and engage with. So um, I would love it if we could dive right in to where you started and take us through your entrepreneurial journey and what you're doing now. So let's start way, way back. Okay. I want to know if you are willing to share with us what your like what it looked like when you were growing up. Were your parents entrepreneurs or was this something different for you? Uh, this was something very different. So I did not grow up in an entrepreneurial household. Um, my mother is a retired first grade teacher. Oh, I love that so much. (laughs) And she talked like you could probably imagine a first grade teacher, which is wonderful. Uh, In fact, she taught at the school that I, my sister and I went to. And yes, yes. So as I was like, you know, getting to be like the older kid, like fourth, fifth grade, you know, her first grader's like, are you Mrs. Sanderson's son? Oh yeah, that's me. So it it was fun. That's fun for a while when you're like really young. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. When you're elementary, that's kind of fun, but you know, over time it kind of loses a little bit of its luster, especially when, you know, you get to junior high and high school and your mom's no longer there and there's no Mm. advantages to that anymore. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, my sister ended up, you know, becoming a, uh, principal, she became a teacher and then a principal in elementary school. She's actually going back for a doctorate to move up in administration. So, you know, my uh, interesting thing is uh, my dad, um, he was always more of like an artist. Mm -hmm. Like he had a a master's degree in fine arts, uh, but he never really did much with it. And maybe I have some baggage of that, of like, maybe, cause he ended up dying of a, a brain tumor oh. Oh, in my 2010. Gosh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So maybe deep down inside, like what I'm doing now is kind of my art and mm. like, cause he didn't really sell paintings. He made lots of paintings. He was a bit of a perfectionist with them, always nice. trying to get the right composition and stuff. And so maybe this is my way of trying to yeah. do my art because I can't paint. I can barely do stick figures. So he had a master's <laughs> in fine arts and he has a son who it skipped a generation. My daughter seems pretty, my daughter's, my 11 year old daughter is way better at drawing than I am. My, I, I'll tell you, my six-year-old son is way better than me too. So <laughs> yes. we're the same boat. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But yeah, I didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial household. Yeah. Um, my wife is a little bit of entrepreneurial type. Um, her family, literally everyone in her family, aunts, uncles, at some point either was an agent or worked in an administrative role or something wow. at the FBI. Like, oh, wow. Yes. That's crazy. So the first time I met my, uh, what was the first time I met them? First time I went to Detroit where they were living at the time, my mother-in-law still worked for the FBI. And I remember we went into the federal building where the FBI was and um, imagine there was a keypad that she swiped her ID. The numbers didn't appear on the keypad until she swept her ID because they didn't want people to figure out like the, the pattern 
Oh my goodness. Like, like this is some kind of like, like the type of stuff you expect in like a a James Bond. And like, you know, it's like not really high tech. It's like, you know, like the, like the numbers like look like a calculator, you know, like, but still just the idea of that was kind of like interesting. And so, you know, they're taking me around the office. Like this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. We actually, we literally went into a conference room and they introduced me to this guy who's in charge of some some sort of type of investigations for the Midwest division or something. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what his job was was to do lie detectors. <laughs> so Ooh. they thought, wouldn't it be funny? Hey, maybe you'll like jump on that. Like, why don't no. we have you? Like, no, 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 no. Plead the fifth. I think it's in the Constitution. <laughs> you can't make me do this. <laughs> and so I did not agree to it. And okay, like, good. We don't understand why you wouldn't want to like. Like, this feels like, have, like what's that show meet meet, meet the parent literally yeah, this is a meet the parents moment and if they're listening to this like my dad gave him like a uh, kind of razz them about that at the wedding yeah. <laughs> like i'm sure my son and a lie detector like, <laughs> is that showing trust <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like but they thought it was funny i guess this is fbi humor oh sure that's hilarious oh yeah that's yeah it's a- hilarious to them i guess <laughs> They get to see I, I the results. I don't get like they weren't getting hooked up. So. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's crazy! I'm sure they're used to it because they probably have to do that like periodically, just as part. Of oh their yeah, job, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because it was not. They're not. I learned it was because everyone was talking about interviews they were doing. Yeah. It wasn't interviews for a job. That was interrogations. Ah. But the the verbiage they used is not interrogations or whatever you know questioning. It's interviews. Right. We're just doing an interview with a. Uh, <laughs> Not a perpetrator, but a questions? suspect, you know, right. with a, or with a, a person of interest or something, whatever terms uh, they, they use to, to fluffify it, I guess. That's a little bit. So, funny. so, okay. So you're, um, to rewind a little bit from uh, your, your in-laws. So your parents, mm-hmm. um, they were really, they were college people. Like, I know there's a lot mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs who come from families who they, they don't believe in you know, the education system as it stands, you know, they might feel like um, it's money wasted or, you know, some things like that. I know a lot of college dropouts who are very, very successful Amazon sellers. Mm-hmm. My brother is one of those. I'm mm. also a college dropout. Um, it sounds like you came from some college graduates. Your sister is going on to doctorate. Your um, your mom and your dad both um, got high degrees and, um, you know, in their fields. So what was your journey there? Were you planning on college based on being in that environment? And then did you do it? Oh, yeah. So I, I uh, got a bachelor's degree. I did two internships at Disney um, while I was there, which is how I ended up in Florida. Yeah. Um, actually met my wife when we were both working at Disney. I thought I wanted to climb the corporate ladder there. It's a great company, but, yeah. um, you know, over time, like, one of the interesting things was, you know, back to the whole education thing. So Disney, it was hard to get anything approved if it was going to cost more than like a hundred bucks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's an act of Congress and all these people have to sign off on stuff. Right. But I ended up, they had like this educational reimbursement. So I actually got a master's degree, an MBA when I was there. And like everyone I was in school with either worked for Disney or Lockheed Martin. Cause those are like the two mm-hmm. big companies in the yeah. Orlando area. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like on reimbursement and just like, never push back on like, like, but this doesn't apply to your job. One time I got like a class to have it reimbursed. It was only because they thought it was too wordy. 
Like, so <laughs> instead of four sentences to justify why this class, because that apply to your job. Yeah. So instead of four, I shortened it to two sentences and it got approved. Oh and my it was gosh, like, that's crazy. It was crazy. But then, okay, so then they're spending all this money for myself or other people to get, you know, these high degrees and then nothing. There's, there's no, there's no recognition. I don't even know if it went in a file anywhere. Like, wow. oh, you did it. Like, you know, like, oh, you know, there's this other program. Once you're out, the company does whatever. No, it was maybe they have it now, but at the time it was just, okay. Well, that's very you interesting. It, you can put that as a line on your resume. Wow. And so it had me questioning a little bit. Right. And, you know, uh, I ended up going to work for a more medium sized company mm -hmm. and um, it was in the hotel business and I was doing events and had a, a variety of jobs in the conference center there. Oh, and yeah. we got bought out by a Disney sized company in the hotel world. It wasn't Disney, oh. but it was a, a company, you know, a fortune 500 company. Now, can I ask, so this is, this is post-college this post-college, post-Disney, post worked for Disney so, for about eight years. So I probably skipped through that a little bit. What age is this now that we're at? Just so leaving Disney right would have been around 27-ish. Okay. No. That's a great yeah. age. No, no, it would have been 30. 30. 30. Okay. Okay. I got yeah. you. Okay. And now we're post-Disney. So we're, we're post-Disney, working for another company, starting to move up a little bit in the rankings there. Um, did a variety of jobs within the convention center. Uh, we got bought out. This is now a few years after that. So this is like my mid thirties now. Um, we got bought out by a bigger company mm -hmm. and we all became associates or, you know, employees of that company. And yeah. my level didn't exist in that structure. Oh. So the hotel I was working at was an enormous hotel. Mm. Um, and the company that bought us out, they had big hotels, but not usually that size. So mm -hmm. they're, their structure of management doesn't have as many levels. So my level didn't exist. So eventually they were having to cut costs mm. and they get around. And this isn't even during the recession. This is like yeah. 2013. So this is like a, a healthy time in the economy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, myself and some other people had to basically walk the plank. Yeah. And um, I had kind of been dabbling in the idea of getting into entrepreneurship. Like I'd started listening to podcasts at this point like before I even lost the job. I started listening to yeah. Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with him. Like a lot of people, I think, kind of uh, started listening to him. And, you know, he's actually been a guest on my podcast. He's a oh, that's great amazing. guy. Yeah, yeah. I so he's a, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a really good guy. Um, he's harder to get on podcasts nowadays, but um, I'm sure. But how oh, yeah. how awesome is that full circle? You know, yeah, it was. And then have him on your podcast—that's incredible. I love that for you. Yeah, I, I got another full circle thing, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get to later on. Which was kind of one of those moments where you realize that I think at the end of the day, we're carving our own um, our own path, mm. and the people we bring on the path with us, as long as we're intentional about it. Yeah. So. So anyway, I went to go work for a buddy of mine's insurance agency, and they were going through rocket ship growth at the time, mm -hmm. and they're doing well, very happy for them. They ended up selling the business for an ungodly multi-generational <laughs> number, um, which is good for them. But yeah. along the way, as I was seeing their lifestyle increase, I started saying to myself, like, okay, I'm working really hard for someone else's dreams. And like, right. you always hear about that in the entrepreneurial space of like, oh, 
you know, you're working for someone else's dreams. You know, there's that meme of the boss who's like, hey, you know, if you work really hard and buy another one of these. I literally was living that. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I need to do my own thing. And so then I started because I was listening to, I'd been listening to podcasts for a year, more as like for years as a, as a lurker. And I found Scott Volker at the time at a podcast called The Amazing Seller. And I think mm. a lot of people that got into Amazon in like the 2015, 2016 time period probably know who he is. Or a lot of, he's changed. He's a great guy. I've gotten to know him well, but he's changed his focus. So that's not his focus of his podcast anymore. But at the time, he was like, okay, you could start a business on Amazon. Here's how you do it. And he had a very, uh, very he was very good at transferring enthusiasm mm -hmm. as well as he's very, was systematic of like, here's how you could do it. And I was like, okay, I'll do this. And so yeah. I ended up dabbling a little bit in retail arbitrage. And I, I still remember this story of, I had gone to like Walgreens and they were clearing out their summer items. And, you know, scanning on the Amazon app to see like, okay, what is it selling for and all this? And like, I bought a few things and I send them in and you realize very quickly, like, it's not as easy as it sounds. They're telling me to send it to like three different places and I'm putting two things in one box, like <laughs> all this stuff, like you, you, you start like having to figure out the logistics of it. Well, yeah. Um, and then, and then you're like, pardon me for jumping in here, but one no, of the ahead. crazy things to me is like, you'll notice, okay, I'm looking at my competition. I'm looking at my listing. I don't see what's different. Why are they winning? Why am I not winning? And then having to kind of do that mental puzzle when you're first starting out is. is yeah, crazy. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you learn a lot right. more when you're in the trenches Absolutely. than you do when you're just listening to podcasts and YouTube yeah. videos. And like, usually not another blog post is going to solve all your problems. <laughs> right. you know? And so I, um, I send this stuff in and I remember getting, you know, we've all seen the emails. Your stuff has been checked in. Your stuff is receiving, you know, it's checked in in full. It was in the receiving status. And I remember being on the app and I, I developed the addiction that many of us get of taking our thumb and, you know, refreshing, <laughs> refresh, the app, refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> and it'd been zero, like been zero. I was like, Oh, let's just see what happens. All of a sudden there's a one. <gasps> Organic. I love that. Totally organic. And keep in mind, this is retail arbitrage. So I'm sharing the yeah. buy box. I don't know all the strategies for that, but yeah. it's just, this is the first day that this stuff arrived. And I was just like this rush of adrenaline. And I go running. I, was, I think I was in the bedroom at the time. I go running into the living room to show my wife. I was like, you have to see this. And I practically threw my phone at her. <laughs> I, I like the look on her face. I still remember it to this day. It was like, what is happening here? Like a little <laughs> bit of fear. And then once she kind of realized, like, okay, he's just excited about yeah, this something. Is, this is a good thing. I, I was this is a good thing. <laughs> this is a good thing. But I was like, like, I think she thought I was going to like, like hit her with the phone or something. Right. <laughs> I don't even know if I was like making coherent sense with what was coming out of my mouth at the time. But in my mind, I was saying, you have to see this. Right, right. And so I show it to her. And then like, you know, I, I at the time was a um, football official. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take what I make this high school football season, which is in the fall for people that aren't familiar. And I'm going to apply that towards my first branded product. And so, mm -hmm. uh, the short of it is then I reinvested and basically three years after I, you know, started with my own product, I, um, left my job and actually, actually I can say this as we're recording this three years ago today <gasps> was my first day, not 
working for the man. That is amazing. Congratulations. Happy 30th anniversary. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. So it's, so it's um, it's uh, I, I didn't tell you this before, but, and I'm not trying to fish for compliments here, but it's easy for me to remember because it's also my birthday. Um, Happy birthday. How well, did thank I you. discover this earlier? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Like I, I'm not the one to be like, oh, today's my birthday. And so, oh, but yeah. it was just makes it easy to remember because it was almost like this kind of like mental thing of like, oh, yeah. it's kind of like my rebirth day. Like, oh my gosh, just, I love that. One day I was just was like, I, I need to leave the job. And so I just went into my boss's office as like, uh, this is the, like the busy season for them is the same busy season as e-commerce is like, I'll take yeah. the e-commerce money from that year, which would have been 2018 and apply that to, you know, kind of getting myself, you know, situated outside of a job. Yeah. And I went to him and just like, I'll give you a month. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to, I want to leave as a, and we looked at a calendar. We worked on it together. I didn't want it to be like, you know, was, of course. You know, I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm leaving out. Alert. <laughs> you know, I'm still friends with them today. So, you know, I didn't want to, you know, burn bridges or anything. But I was like, okay. Um, I we 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 decided on it just happened to be the way the calendar fell. It was like a Friday was the 28th. And so my birthday was the next day, the 29th. And so amazing. Yeah. So it just happened to work out. It's kind of one of those serendipitous things. I've had a lot of serendipitous things along the way. Now, I don't want this to uh, be too personal or to, you know, if you don't want to mention, but three years ago then, now we've caught up to what age at that point when you quit your job? Oh, I was 42 when I quit. So I'm 40. Well, I would have been 41 when I put in my notice, turned 42 when I quit, and now I'm 45. Okay. So we're three years ago. You're having a day. You're like, everything's going to work out. You give your notice to your boss and you, you've had organic sales and you are mm-hmm. now at a point where you are comfortable with the amount of profit and you're able to run the business. Yeah. And just so everyone kind of understands, because we kind of like flew through that. It wasn't, I took a season's worth of earnings as a high school football official, launched a product. And then two days later, right. left the job. <laughs> there was three years. So I know I mentioned okay. three years a couple of times. It's kind of weird. Uh, it was th- about three years from like January, February of 2016 when I launched that first product to the end of 2018. So almost right. full three years. And then now it's been literally to the day, three years since. Yeah. So that's, I had left that's the a job. really important distinction because people, especially, so if it took you three years to be comfortable at that time, mm-hmm. now it should feel like it, it should take longer, I feel like, for people to feel comfortable. Um, if they are especially risk averse and, and if they are trying to have some stability with a job and building an Amazon business, because there's a lot of uncertainty in, in the Amazon world right now in e-commerce. Mm-hmm. So I want people just to know three years is a reasonable amount of time. And, and this is different for everybody. Obviously it's different for your product and your own sales velocity and your trajectory and your mm-hmm. risk tolerance. Right. Exactly. But I think if people are, um, thinking of, you know, their own timelines and they're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm still hanging on to this job. Maybe I need to make the leap, do what's comfortable for you. If it took Kevin three years and now it's been three years since that, that's a totally reasonable amount of time. So I just don't want people to feel the pressure to like, uh, to, you know, cut ties to make it official, because I know that that's almost a, a, a status thing right now. Like, oh, I, I made it official. 
And now I'm only an Amazon seller and that's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress and that could eat you alive if you're not careful. So exactly. It, it, and it can, and I had, you know, other things that I was working on at the time and, you know, entrepreneurial things. So yeah. I, I definitely agree. Don't rush into it just because some guy in a video said, this is my Lamborghini after six months, right. and, you know, I bought this and have this house and like, you can yeah. do it too. All you gotta do is follow my proprietary three-step system. You know, just because someone else said they can do it, like everyone's on a different path. And, exactly. you know, this is kind of like running a race and it's a marathon. And if you, mm -hmm. if you've ever been to a marathon, there's people that'll finish a little bit more than two hours, mm -hmm. um, like real fast. And then there's other people that will take, you know, eight hours or so. And, you know, the, the truck with the picking up the cones is slowly following behind, right them. behind them. <laughs> <laughs> so, and every, as long as you finish the race or as long as you just keep going, really, yeah. that's what matters. And yeah. so, you know, run your own race and, a lot of times the, the true secret of it is the people that like, oh yeah, I've, you know, seven figure seller within three months, there's often more to the story. Yeah. They, they had another business where they sold right. and they took a million dollars of that money and reinvested into this. Or That's multiple more than streams a, of income, right? Yeah. Multiple streams of income, mm -hmm. or they became a business partner in an existing business right? or something else. There's, there's always more to the story. There's more to my story than I can cover in this. Indeed. And regardless of whether someone's trying to be transparent or not, there's always more to their story than you can totally just replicate on your own. So always understand wherever you are listening, some people are listening to this and they're probably way ahead of me. Other people are listening to this and this is aspirational that one day they'll launch their first product. It doesn't matter. Just keep moving forward. That's the name of the game. Oh, that's such good advice. Before we move to like the next point in your, uh, your entrepreneurial journey, can I ask, was there anything during this time, you know, in this three years, as you're building this brand um, that you felt and, and before you quit your, um, your full-time job, was there a time where you felt like, you know, you were struggling, you were failing, you weren't sure if you could continue, if this was the right thing for you? Um, you have any, anything like that you can share? Yeah. So my, what had become my most successful, not just product and family of products over mm -hmm. the last several years was more of an add-on to a failed product. Mm. So a lot of times people will say like, oh, you know, find a product and then like, you know, find something to differentiate. I was like, oh, you know, I can just cheaply add on such and such as an accessory or whatever. And then the accessory actually did well. And I still have units from uh, five years ago what? of the original product. Interesting. Yeah. And sold tens of thousands of units over the years of um the accessory and never would have known if i didn't try and right. it was because and the only reason that even happened was because i i think my moq was like 300 units of the thing i wanted to test out that i thought would be my next product and i'd order like a thousand of the accessory so i was like well why don't i just try selling it by itself as yeah. opposed to waiting for the next because at one point i think i was thinking like well I'll just wait till i reorder then i'll you know put that and then I already have it for the next one. I was like, Oh, let's just try. So, you know, figure out packaging and whatnot for the accessory. And that worked out, but it's like anything you don't know until you test it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Wow. That's so, um, 
and I, I would love if possible to dig a little deeper is was there any um did you have any doubts for yourself like in this when you were discovering this because i know there's there's a lot of uncertainty yeah. that entrepreneurs face there's this roller coaster that you know you're up one minute you're like i can i win everything this is great and then you know then you're like oh what am i thinking who am i to think that i can win ever and you know you just go right back down to the bottom so I think sometimes when people are discovering, you know, these, you know, a failed product or something like that, then they start getting down on themselves or their judgment. They start questioning things um, before they're able to pivot then into something that is successful. Did you ever struggle with anything like that? All the time. So, <laughs> you know, the reality is like when you have a job, you have a feeling of safety. Yeah. Of like, okay. At Disney, the joke was Epcot stands for every paycheck comes on Thursday, which is <laughs> not what it actually stands for, but it was because the company paid weekly and it was always on Thursdays. I don't know if that's still the case anymore, but like, yeah. you know, there was, you know, you knew every Thursday you're going to get paid or the other companies I worked for, it was always like every two weeks. Right. And so you always knew if it was every other Friday or whatever it was, the money's coming. Mm -hmm. When you launch a product, you're you don't know, especially when you're sending it like across the ocean. Oh yeah. So people you've never met face to face in most cases. Um, you don't know if this is legit or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They've been on Alibaba and they've paid to be a, you know, supplier, gold supplier for three years, but are they really legit? You know, yeah. like there's all these like things like, you know, what if I'm sending, what, what if I have the money what if I'm putting the account number in by one digit off, or they gave me the wrong account number right. and it goes somewhere else. and like, sorry, we don't have your money. Um, and I never get that money back. There's always these fears of like, you know, our, every product I've launched, there's been the things I'm worried, like sick that people are going to complain about. Nobody says anything about, and then it's other things that I have the actual feedback that I need to kind of adapt. And it's like, you know, when you're in the trenches, you figure it out when you, are talking to yourself, your mind's going to play tricks on you. Oh yeah. And just to kind of go back to the whole thing of, you know, I was in the event industry. I was in the theme park industry. Mm -hmm. um, the company that I worked for in the event business, the mm -hmm. hotel company, the big one, they laid off more than 90% of their staff for months. Oh, my goodness. Because of COVID. Yeah. The theme park that I worked at, the you know disney they were and this is public knowledge so i'm not like sharing proprietary right, right. stuff but like um they were closed for like four or five months like nothing was open and so, so um, rough on people who are used to every paycheck yeah, comes on thursday right right you think it's safety yeah but and i think a lot of people are waking up to what we think is safe if it can be taken away by someone else like that how safe is it really so like really what it comes down to, exactly. Yeah. And so if we can get more roots in entrepreneurship, you know, the, you can have stronger roots in what you're doing, but to use the analogy of like plants, but like in trees, but it's not overnight. Yeah. And so like here in Florida, like, you know, people are constantly putting up new palm trees or whatever. And oftentimes if there's new trees, if they haven't put braces up on them, like they'll fall over the, the first time it rains because it's like slightly windy. Oh my goodness. But over time, those palm trees, like literally like in hurricanes, they can bend almost 90 degrees and stay up 
because they've developed that root system. And so entrepreneurship is kind of like that. It just takes longer to get that. It's not like you just come in, you fill out a W-2 form and then, oh, your first paycheck will be uh, next Friday. You know, it takes longer, but once you get up and running, you're, you're more solidified. Oh my goodness. That's such a great analogy with the palm tree. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right in, you know, making that comparison because when, you know, especially people who are not um, risk tolerant, especially people who are not entrepreneurial minded, they will sometimes question you as an entrepreneur and say, you know, what are you thinking? You're, you could lose it on the water. You could lose the money. Um, you know, you could get scammed by your factory. You could, mm-hmm. they could compete against you. They could list, you know, your own product on, on Amazon. They could, you know, and they may not know all of these things, but they may be able to identify many areas where your plan doesn't work out. But I think what um, what the difference is there is we have been um, groomed through our lives and our environments and stuff like that to have this false sense of security of you know the, the proper path, you know high school, college, get a mm-hmm. job, work your job, retirement, you know all of this. This is the safe way to do things, and the entrepreneurial way is the risky way. However, as you were saying, you know if you are improving yourself, if you're improving your knowledge, if you are increasing your ability to provide for yourself without anyone else being able to cut your legs out from under you when they want to restructure the business or cut right, exactly. or something, um, you have more power and control over your own life. And I think that's what the majority of entrepreneurs are looking for is, you know, the ability to take their power back. Um, when they become an entrepreneur, they, they want that ability to have freedom the control and the power uh, to determine their own course for life and not let it belong in somebody else's hands. So um, I, I love what you said there about the palm tree. And, you know, to me, that is a, a firm representation of improving yourself. You know, it's a foundation, it's a root system of reading more books, listening to more podcasts, you know, learning from the people around you and increasing your network, right? That's a huge mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'll, I'll touch on that because I've mentioned, I kind of teased earlier yeah. to, uh, about, you know, uh, being intentional about the people around you and whatnot. So I started, one of the things I thought was really beneficial was starting to go to events. And so shout out to Steve Chu and Tony Anderson, who run Seller Summit. That was uh-huh. the first event I went to. You know, the funny thing is I've been to so many conventions over time as a person like putting them on and working at the hotel or, you know, people that, you know, um, I managed who were putting them on or whatever the case was, you know, I'd been to many, I'd never actually been to one overnight as an attendee until I went to seller summit. Yeah. It's totally funny. You know, <laughs> I wasn't eating my own cooking, so to speak. Um, but I did go to seller summit and, you know, that really helped me because, you know, when, when you're listening to podcasts and whatnot, there's this kind of distance of like yeah. you and the, like, you know, whoever Melissa's, you know, interviewing or whatever the case is. But yeah. then like, when you're actually in a room where you can like talk to some of the people that you've seen on podcasts or heard on podcasts or whatever the case is, or just other people there. And you're like, wait, other people are actually doing this because when you work at a theme park, you're surrounded by other people that do theme park stuff. And so that's just very real to you. When you work in insurance, everyone around you is in insurance. So that's real to you. If you have a business selling um, physical products online, chances are you're geographically isolated. 
Yeah. And so yeah. you got to find ways to find other people um, to get together and, you know, something clicks. So like the, the moment for me clicked like when I got that first sale, something for me clicked when I started really, there's other people that are doing this, but, and you know, like, or like, you know, people who's like voices I'd always heard, but like, like, wait, we're having an interactive conversation. Oh, this is interesting. So I, let me just reiterate what you're saying, because this, mm-hmm. I feel like is very poignant and I don't want this to slide past anyone. One of the moments that clicked for you. So the organic sale for you was a mm-hmm. big moment, of course, that yeah. you almost threw your phone at your wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then another moment for you was there's other people who do this. Yeah. Because it's very easy as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. to feel like you're alone in this and you're navigating this, you know, rough seas of entrepreneurship yeah. and the rough seas of Amazon and how they treat their sellers. We love Amazon so much. Um, that can be very lonely. It can be very isolating. So that was a moment for you. And then another moment came when you started to meet some of the people that you had heard the voices of on the podcast or saw um, on YouTube podcast episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, some of it was like, okay, I'm having interactions with people. Some of them like, Hey, why don't you come on my podcast and tell, right. talk about your story? I'm like, Oh, wow, I'm actually talking about this to people. And so, yeah. um, what was interesting was I, the second time I went to seller summit. So backtracking, I said, I had started listening to the amazing seller podcast from right. Scott Volker he was a speaker at both of the seller summits that I was at. And at the closing event, he and I just happened to be chatting. And he said he, at the time, Scott was really well known for how to get started selling on Amazon. And he kind of wanted to pivot away from that. And at the time, his goal was to do something a little bit more for intermediate to advanced sellers. It was kind of what I took from the conversation. I don't know if that's what he said or not, but that's what I understood. And so... I remember going back to my room that night and thinking he should do an event. And keep in mind, this is when I still worked for the man. Um, so As I still had like an event person. No, no, no. This oh, is okay. when I was in insurance. So it was, it. when okay. I was insurance, I jumped into e-commerce, but I had the event experience. Yes. So I remember thinking like, okay, why don't I ask him if he wants to do an event? And part of me was thinking like, he's going to say like, oh yeah, we thought about that, whatever. Right. I'm like, or he's going to be mad at me going back to the doubts <laughs> that come up. Like he's going to yell at me or something like, oh. like he's like the nicest guy. Like he's not <laughs> going to yell. And so he's not going to be upset. Like, why would you even say such a thing? gracious. <laughs> So I, I sent him an email like, hey, I have this idea, expecting a gracious reply in return. Yeah. What he wrote back was, well, what would that look like? Mm. And so then we started corresponding, putting like budgets together. And like, and then we started like talking to hotels and I used some of my contacts in the industry and from when I was in the uh, event space. And we ended up hosting an event in September, 2019, which is, which we started the process before I left the job, but we finished it after I had left the job. Right. And it was at the Hilton in downtown Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, weird, interesting things is this is the first place I spoke on stage about e-commerce. This was the last place John F. Kennedy ever spoke, oddly enough. What? Yeah. This is very interesting information. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> So he, he spent the night in Fort Worth at the, at the time it was called the Texas hotel. Now it's the Hilton. He spent the night there. He spoke outside 
to a group of people, went inside, or maybe it was vice versa. I think we went outside, spoke to a group of people outside the hotel, went inside, spoke to like, I think the Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce in the ballroom, um, and then got on a plane, flew to Dallas, which most people don't fly to Dallas because they're right next to each other, but when you're Air Force One, you do what you want. Or you got to get the plane over there somehow. Right, exactly. You got to get the plane <laughs> over there. You know, so he goes over to Dallas and then the rest is history. Right. So yeah. that was my kind of an interesting thing there. And then I'm looking around the room and I'm thinking, okay, some of the people that are speakers at this event, Steve Chu was a speaker. And before I ever went to Seller Summit, I listened to his podcast for many years. Pat Flynn was a speaker, listened to his mm-hmm. podcast. For, uh, you know, Scott Volker listened to his podcast. There was a woman, her name is uh, Jamie Masters. She used to be known as Jamie Tardy. I don't think she's active in the podcasting anymore, but she was one of the original entrepreneurship podcasts I listened to. She had a podcast oh. called Eventual Millionaire, where she was interviewing entrepreneurial millionaires to kind of get their mindset and stuff like that. That's amazing. Literally, I think all four of them spoke the same. It was a two-day event. I think all four of them spoke the same day I did. Wow. So, and I want to say Pat might have even followed me um, on the stage. So it's just one of those things like, okay, I... I had one of these things like, okay, this is, this was Scott's event, but it was one of those things where it was like, okay, all this is happening because I took the initiative to go to Scott and say, Hey, you should do an event. And even though you had some reservations and fears, like, what is he going to say? Is he going to yeah. mock me for suggesting this? Yeah. Is he, is he going to be mad at me? Is he going right. to block me? Is he going to, you know, like, who are you to suggest letter? who are you? Yeah. Who, who do you think you are? <laughs> Like, oh, you used to do events at Disney and, you know, those other hotels and like, oh, you know, people like you understand like how room blocks and contracts work like, oh, okay. Isn't it crazy? The, the way we play things out in our own Mm -hmm. minds versus reality when, when we actually are able to have the courage to take that leap. That to me, it's such, um, such an interesting thing. It's actually one of the things that I spoke about at Festivus. Um, both mm-hmm. years, actually, because one of the oh. things that has been a struggle for people both of these years, a little less this time, but certainly during 2020, is we do not have the ability when we are isolated, when we're quarantined, uh, mm. and when we can't meet in person to borrow each other's um, perspective of ourselves. And in our own heads, we're like, some, you know, who, who, who do I think I am? And they're going to say, right. who do you think you are? And you don't know enough about this to be talking about it. You call yourself an expert or, you know, any of these things. It's like things nobody would say out loud, things that are unkind in any context. And if you can't borrow someone else's perspective of you, and that might not be specific words like that are feedback about you or your knowledge base or something like that. It might just be their body language. If they lean in mm. when they speak, if they, you know, add to what they're saying, if their excitement grows, if their face lights up, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things are things that we miss if it's usually uh, through Zoom that we miss if, you know, you don't feel the palpable energy in a room, the excitement when people gather, you know, it's like people who go to sports games live. There's an mm. absolute feeling in the air that you can almost touch um, of, you know, the excitement and the adrenaline and the, the competition and, you know, all of that stuff that's going on. And I consider it very similar in e-commerce events and especially for entrepreneurs who, you know, really need to learn from each other and see each other, know that there are other people out there like them that do what they do and know what they know and that they 
have value to offer these strangers. And that those strangers will say, I didn't know that you could do that. I didn't know that tool. I didn't know that trick. I'm so glad I met you that it's going to change everything for me. Um, so exactly. anyway, I, I'm just sorry to, to jump in there. This is your no, show. That was great. <laughs> but I wanted to add, you know, just a little bit about that because it plays into what you were saying earlier about, you know, one of the things that was a moment for you was seeing that there's other people out there and it's so common, I think, to feel isolated in, uh, in this industry. Yeah. And the more you start reaching out to people and you realize like, okay, there's people that can help me along the way, whether they're service providers or just other people that like give you the hint of, I'd use this tool, not that one, or, you know, like, or, or, you know, what is your experience with X, Y, or Z? Like, you know, you just get a lot more out of the conversation when it's in person. Oh yeah. Um, or even just, you know, if you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation through Zoom is better than in a Facebook group. Yes. Like, you know, if you can, if you can kind of level up, you know, podcasts are great, um, but, you know, you and I are having a dialogue and people are listening right. to it, but the people listening don't get the advantage of, yeah, but uh, let me ask about this right. or, oh, right. I liked your point about this. What about that? You know, uh, so the more you can have, you know, interactive conversations and the more personable you can kind of move up the ladder. I think, yeah, the better. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely something that, um, you were smart to think of, uh, for your friend, Scott. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, now sorry to, to derail us a little bit, but let's, let's carry it. back on with, um, now you have, uh, organized this event and you've really come full circle in this way where you were admiring these people and then mm -hmm. now you're on the same stage as them at the same event as them speaking on the same day as them. How did that feel? Yeah, it was, it was kind of surreal. And, <laughs> you know, like, um, like I remember having Pat Flynn on my podcast, you know, while a couple of months after that, because I just reached out to, I'd kind of gotten to know his assistant, um, mm -hmm. uh, from planning the event. And I just, Hey, can you come on my show? She's like, uh, we can do this time. Does that work for you? Let's do it. Um, and so it was weird. Like there was a couple of times, like I'm talking to him, like, like, oh wait, this is two-way conversation. Like it, this isn't me listening to a podcast because for <laughs> so long, or, like he was one of the first podcasts I was listening to, like probably starting like 2011. Like wow. I, I took way too long to get actually moving in the entrepreneurship world. And so it, it was very surreal getting to share the stage with people. But, you know, even if someone's like listening to this and their goal is not to like, be a speaker or get on podcasts or, you know, whatever the case is, just the more you take intentional risks, the downside most of the time is maybe it's just Scott's going to say no or whoever the Scott right. is in your life. Yeah. It's, it's not, not nearly whatever. as bad as whatever, you know, you're imagining in your head. It almost never is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know what came out of that? Yeah. I made some money off of the event, but and, you know, both directly and indirectly, but at the same time too, like it opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. Um, I ended up doing a bunch of my own virtual events. And I think that gave me the credibility to go to people, to be speakers and whatnot. Like, Hey, I did this event like in person. So here's a virtual one when we're all locked up in COVID. And so I've now done seven virtual summits um, because I think it's easier when you have developed a, I didn't come up with this term myself, an entrepreneurial resume. I was at an event one time and Jesse Itzler, who's the husband, if people don't know who Jesse Itzler is, his wife, he's the husband of Sarah Blakely. 
who you probably uh, do know who's the founder of Spanx. Yes. And he's just as entrepreneurial and minded as she is. And they've both done very well for themselves. Yeah. Separate of one another. And, and he had talked about was kind of just developing a resume that you're kind of leveling up in your career, so to speak, in entrepreneurship. And it's not, all right, fill out this application, you know, do an interview and we'll send you your first paycheck next Thursday. Um, it's, you know, usually takes a little while to build up, but you know, the, the rewards of, yeah, there's going to be some no's or products that don't work out the way you want, but then over time, you are going to get some base hits and some home runs. And oh, yeah. the goal is just to keep getting more of those and building up more of those and having a real business and, you know, developing a reputation, either, you know, public facing or reputation as, a, you know, you've got, you know, X number of five stars on your product or, right. you know, you have a reputation with Amazon as, your brand, right? you know, your brand or whatever the case is in the marketplace in general, not even Amazon. So, you know, the more you, whether you as a person, as a brand, or you as a, a brand brand, or even if you're a wholesale seller, like, you know, you're developing a reputation with suppliers. And so, you know, the more you get out there and you develop a reputation amongst other people as someone who's willing to do the things that others maybe aren't willing to do with maybe it's planning events because that was your skill set, but maybe it's something else. But to go back, I remember when I had lost my job and I was starting in insurance, I was doing a bit of time on the road. And I remember actually listening to Pat Flynn's podcast and he was he was interviewing somebody about like, they had a business making six figures about Magic the Gathering, which is like a card game. Like- uh, Oh, believe it or not, I know exactly what that is because I have brothers and I'm a little bit of a closet geek. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. So it's kind of a closet geek game. That's right. And I remember, and I think one time I bought a book about Magic the Gathering in sixth grade or something. And, you know, the thing of it is, like, I remember thinking, why don't I have something interesting that other people might be into um, listening to this podcast of Pat's? And I think we all have some skill we bring to the table that we don't give ourselves credit for. If you're working at McDonald's, you probably understand systems and the flow of producing things, you know, it may not sound glamorous to, way. yeah, to create a system. Like yeah. sometimes the system doesn't have to be as elaborate as McDonald's. It can just be, you know, how, um, how, how people, you know, do whatever they do, you know, at whatever business you're at, you're probably picking up more than you realize in what you're doing today. Yeah. Than, it's that like can that, apply that to project they give to like kids in like third or fourth grade or something like that to write the directions. Like, how do you make a peanut butter sandwich? Mm. Step one, step two, you know, and then, mm -hmm. and then you have to like play out those steps. Yep. If they miss something, then you've got like this misshapen blah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Didn't quite come out the way you thought, but the exercise can be priceless. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, this is fun. Well, yeah, I'm I'm so excited to learn so much more about you today. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to maybe leave something, some piece of advice, or some um, something with um, with the people who have listened to your journey and maybe are feeling inspired by some of the trials you went through, some of the uh, outcomes you achieved after pivoting from those. Um, what would you want to leave them with? Um, 
whether you're ahead of me or you're behind me, just, you know, keep, keep moving forward and keep always learning from people. I think one of the things, I think this is a Jim Rohn quote, which I love Jim Rohn. I'm surprised I haven't quoted him more in this uh, (laughs) interview, but like, um, always be interested in asking questions. There was something I listened to fairly recently where someone was talking about how they knew Jim Rohn and they're like, he always had a notebook with him and he was always asking, tell me more, tell me more. And Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, this into his, you know, whatever it was his eighties or nineties or whatever, he was constantly writing notes and like interested in what other people had to say and interested in learning from other people because he knew there was always some little golden nugget he could get. Mm. From, oh my gosh, so the more that. we have that mindset, we're going to find more golden nuggets. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to use that because I love it. Please. so much. I'm going to look up this whole story because I got to say, you know, one of the things that I think is a very common misconception is that saying, I don't know, or asking questions is somehow revealing your ignorance and your stupidity mm. and your lack of expertise or knowledge. And, you know, you have to maintain this certain front. And, and I think that's especially common forgive me for saying, at e-commerce events where people feel like, you know, I got to measure up to these other people who are here. So I got to, you know, I got to show them that I know my stuff too. And I think that that advice that you just gave is so sound and so meaningful that you just need to ask more questions because you look smarter the less you talk sometimes and the more mm. you listen, the more you ask questions, the more engagement you have, the more you grow your network, the more friends you end mm-hmm. up, you know, the more, the more you benefit, the more questions you ask. And I think people just need to drop the uh, impression or the idea and the hesitation that, um, that asking questions reveals your ignorance somehow. I think it makes you look smarter. That's, that's where I stand on that. <laughs> it's so true. Interested is interesting. And you know, yeah. if you don't ask questions, sometimes it looks like you don't have the understanding to ask the right question. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Very interesting. Thank you so much for that advice. Um, Kevin, how can people find you? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Before we wrap this up and we turn to uh, contacting you, I want to just give you a second to go from your, your selling experience. And now you do have a service that you provide as well. So let's, let's bring us right now into the, the current and future of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I, I have, I guess, two non, so I I guess, let me take a step back. I guess in my mind, I have two businesses, the e-commerce business itself, which still operates, you know, still, you know, stresses me out over the holidays <laughs> to make sure I don't run out of stock. Um, and other times of the year. So I, it's, oh, probably, yeah. it's just, uh, as we're recording this, it's right after the holidays. So it's yeah. fresh, it's but fresh you know, on your mind. <laughs> I'm still worried about it in June. Um, but I also have, basically, I look at it as you know, the e-commerce and then the helping people with e-commerce and within the helping people e-commerce, I have two things. One virtual events that I host, um, which I just enjoy doing that just because it's, uh, um, I think going to events has helped me a lot and mm. it's an excuse for me also to learn from more people too. Cause I'm like, Hey, why don't you speak at my event or whatever the case is. So, uh, that's been fun over the years. And then the other thing I do is I help people expand into international marketplaces mm-hmm. because what a lot of people don't realize is if they're already selling on Amazon in the U S sometimes people are like, Oh, let me go figure out Walmart and Etsy and, you know, all these other things, but you know, 
the expectations are different. How you upload listings are different. Everything is different. Whereas I'm going to grossly oversimplify this. Um, but when you're in Amazon and other countries like Amazon Canada or Amazon UK, it's just the money symbols different. Right. You know, it's the front end that's hard. Yeah. Right. Forms you got to fill out or you know, how do I add this listing? Or there's this catalog Things issue. Feel cumbersome, tedious, and mm-hmm. your own lack of knowledge sometimes prevents progress because you procrastinate that, um, that new part of learning. Right. Right. Exactly. But what I came to find is a lot of your competition is also doesn't want to fill out the form or do the other little things. So if you're willing to do those things, um, then you can opportunity. create opportunity that, you know, there's less competition in Canada, even though it's literally right there you know, within miles of the U S border, you know, there's all these, you know, customers there that buy stuff on amazon.ca and it's their prime members and just shows up to their door. Um, you know, in the UK and Europe and, you know, Amazon keeps adding new marketplaces. So I help people navigate all that. I just be the, uh, the short way to do that. So uh, what is your business called? Uh, that business, uh, maximizing e-commerce. And the, here's the thing. I've done a terrible job with marketing it. It's just, I have a YouTube channel and a podcast. I talk a lot about expanding international marketplaces. And a lot of the business I've gotten is people going to my website, maximizing e-commerce.com and going to the contact page and like, Hey, how do I, um, work with you? So it's one of my things going into the new year of like, that's probably low hanging fruit of being more intentional of creating sales funnels and things of that nature. They obviously need your services. They want to be able to find you. So helping them find you is probably a good idea. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Or at least have a button that says here, yeah. learn more here, you know, yeah. as opposed to just, you know, uh, I've probably made it too hard for people. So it's been, you know, mostly like referrals or people I know, or, you know, people that have watched my binge, watched some of my content on the content. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. And yeah, they literally go to the contact page. So um, that that's, that's on my, first quarter this year to be a lot more intentional on. Okay, perfect. So then how do they contact you? Uh, if they want to do it right now today, how do they, um, they could go to the contact form or that they want, I do have a free checklist. They could download. If they go to internationalchecklist.com, they can download a checklist, walks them through the steps. Um, and then they'll probably get other emails from me about like, Hey, you know, got whatever, um, they got a new event coming up or got whatever, but hit reply and let me know how I can help you. I mean, I'll I'll just say, just knowing what I know about, um, you know, getting into other countries, getting listed on, you know, Amazon CA, Amazon UK, um, all all of the other uh, areas, just knowing what the steps are takes away at least half the trepidation that you face when you are facing that overwhelming task of going uh, into the other areas. Knowing, like getting past the unknown, is, uh, yes. is half the battle, right? So downloading this checklist, I um, we didn't even talk about promoting this, by the way, you guys, uh, before this happened. I'm just going to tell you right now that hearing about this right now, I can tell you exactly how valuable it is. And I think that everyone should download that because it sounds like it's free, right? Oh yeah, totally, totally so, free. And I've got tons up? of content on YouTube about the subject as well. Yeah. yeah so, so, and then what your podcast and your business, they have the same name? Yeah. So the podcast and the YouTube channel are both maximizing e-commerce. So um, you could go to youtube.com forward slash maximizing e-commerce, all one word and no dashes. 
Um, and you could subscribe there uh, or Kevin at maximizingecommerce.com. Feel free to email me. Uh, sometimes people are like, you know, oh, should you give your email out in a podcast? I'm like, you'd be amazed. Yeah. The people who want to find you will find you. And the people who aren't interested, they're, they're not going to just send yeah. you random. I get enough spam as it is. And it's <laughs> from saying. Yeah, it's already it's already a, a trick to uh, keep up with inboxes. So, well, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for your time today, for getting personal um, and you. letting us into a little bit of, you know, your your entrepreneurial journey and, you know, how you grew up, the influences that you faced that led you to where you are now. Um, and I want to encourage people to um, subscribe, like, follow um, Kevin, and also this podcast, right? Make sure and share this with your friends. Make sure that people are aware of this um, and can learn from the experience and the knowledge of those who have come before. So thank you so much again, Kevin, for sharing your expertise. And maybe we will get a chance to have you on the podcast again. Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate thank it. Thanks so much, much, Melissa. Cheers, guys. See you next time.